Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about comic books, costumes, facts, boots, and other stuff. In this week's issue, the Fantastic Four. Welcome into Bros, Foes, and Heroes. I'm Zach, joined as always by the marvelous one, Mr. Mike. Yeah, I was laughing because uh, we just talked about uh, and I still did it. in a previous life. You uh, you were on with a bunch of radio guys, and they would say, "Welcome into we all, whatever." Yeah, yeah. And I still do some of that editing for those same guys, and every stinking one of them, "Welcome into whatever, whatever." And I've at, when you brought it up, I have done an intro to every single show like that. Well, so. it's just it, no, no, no. I, I'm not. I'm not no, 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 on you about it or anything. I'm just saying that that it's funny to me because every time I hear them say it, I think about you. And I'm like, oh, they were all at the same place. Yes, yeah. we're the we're the welcoming gang. Yeah, you're the welcoming gang. Uh, but uh, this is bros, foes, and heroes. And it's been a while. I've been very it busy. Has. You've been very busy. Well, you got sick. I yeah. think I got sick. I think Life the happens. world got sick. It's fine, yeah. yeah. Somebody it's did. It's fine, sure. Um, but I have come to pick back up where we left off, uh, where we were talking about kind of just Marvel in general um, with Jack Kirby and uh, Joe Simon. Uh, yeah, Stanley. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that was fun. And just kind of where we got to. And we, we've kind of gotten to the point now where, and I'm doing all this to kind of just give a Marvel backstory and eventually set, up, uh, set us up to be able to talk mm-hmm. um, about some other comics later down the road because comics, just like any other hmm, art form, movies, music, yeah, things like yeah. that, have things that reference previous, you know, behind the scenes things that happened. And so once you know actually the story of Marvel Comics in a way, or just, you know, some of these characters, it just kind of adds a different level to some of these stories. Yeah. Um, where we left off, and I'll just kind of give a brief catch up point to get to where we are right now, is comics weren't doing great um, until the early 60s, where DC finally kind of started a, or to get a bit of a sales boom. When they revived the Justice League, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, they're big heroes all on a team. And Martin Goodman, who was the owner of Marvel Comics mm-hmm. at the time, uh, came to famous Stanley. Famous Martin Goodman. Famous Martin yeah. Goodman came to Stanley and told him, "We need to do the same thing. Essentially, still that idea. We want a team of superheroes." What they were doing beforehand. Um, as I read, and I brought with me just to show off some lovely artwork here later. It's a beautiful book. It is yeah. a very beautiful book, but it's Kirby King of Comics by uh, Mark Evanier, who was actually worked with Kirby for a long time and then 
became his biographer. Yeah. But it is like a biography and just collection of fantastic art in there. The thing I like about it is like all the old comics, oh. they have really like they they've reproduced them uh, to uh, kind of glorious fashion. I mean, because yes. they look beautiful. Amazing. And the things it's so great because it has a lot of the old just um war comics and stuff that yeah. he and Joe Simon did together. Lots of Nazis. But yeah. Well, that's uh sure. Stuntman. I like that one. What is yeah. that? Stuntman. Did I miss that? Uh, oh, there's the Boy Explorers. Uh it's just oh yeah, down there. Boy Explorers. Uh, bad. <laughs> it does. But still. Um What do you do? Explore boys. Anyway, so <laughs> essentially what was happening at Marvel while the comics I love that. That's what Fox I wanted Holt. to get to. Yeah. As you can cool. see it with and without color, yeah. just how Yeah. This is great for everybody listening on podcasts. So let's actually get back. To well, what I, was I used about. to be a, a huge fan of like Sergeant Rock stuff. I've told you that before, mm -hmm. and uh, that very much is in that wheelhouse. Yeah, you know, so we're Sergeant just looking Rock at some stuff. of the old war yeah, stuff that's yeah. in there. But uh, looking at like the late fifties, and so comics aren't doing great until Justice League in the early sixties. What Marvel was doing at the time was a lot of monster books. So think of if you're a fan of like King Kong or yeah, Godzilla, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, sure. you know, oh, it's the terrible monster from space that's going to, you know, come destroy the world or yeah. all these strange kind of tales. Well, things. it goes in it goes in line with the movies that were being produced at that time, you exactly. know, like them and all yeah. that. So. Uh, Westerns were also yeah. pretty big comic yeah. book wise at the time. Um, but, you know, when, they're redoing Westworld again. They just did it as a movie this time. But they just did Isn't that it. weird. Yeah. Something so soon. Redoing it again. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, okay. You could just take the premise. I and get just, it. You don't have to make it what? Like, you could I take the same premise and just tweak stuff. Absolutely get it. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would make it like Samurai World or something yeah. like that. You know? I mean, just, something cool. Oh, well, I mean, well, Westworld, there is kind of like a Samurai I know. World yeah. And the later. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so they're doing a lot of monster Sorry. books. And that, no, you're fine. And so that's what Jack Kirby and Stan Lee were doing a lot of work on was the Western books. Yeah. The monster books a lot mainly, though. Sure. And you kind of see that in the first issue of Fantastic Four here when they were told, hey, mm -hmm. you know, you guys, we need to do something to match what they're doing with the Justice League, which yeah. actually, yeah. what, are we in October? Yeah. October. No, yeah. So next month's November? Next month is November. So yeah. almost every 60, time. 62 years next month? Good I'm Lord. doing the math Oof. since this. Yeah. Um, but you can see a lot of that monster kind of comic still in this first issue of Fantastic Four. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about how they kind of came up with the story a little bit. Um, Stanley went through and has like an outline of how he based characters off this person and that person. Um, Jack Kirby tells the story of how he based it off of Challengers of the Unknown, which is a comic yeah. he did with DC before. Yeah. Either way, wherever it's at, the two of them came together to produce what would essentially be the book that kicked off Marvel Comics as we know it. This is okay. the start of the Marvel Universe. Okay. Of where they gain popularity. Because from here, then you get eventually Incredible Hulk. Right. Then you get Thor. Then you get X-Men. Then you get Spider-Man. And it's all from the success of Fantastic Four. Huh. I guess so, I never realized that that was the first one. Yeah. yeah. So what better thing to finally cover, since we've covered... All these other, you know, Marvel stories throughout the year, but to cover the one that essentially started Marvel Comics in a way. Because from here also, uh, they're able to bring back in other artists. That's where, you know, Stanley is able to, granted, he was still working with people like Steve Ditko and Don Heck yeah. and all these guys yeah. that would go on to. Um, Steve Ditko. Yeah, would be well, the artist for the other. prolific guy. Yes, very much so. Um, 
but this is where it all started. And I wanted, I found a scan of one of the more original yeah. comics there because you can kind of tell with the fading and stuff. But I wanted the, that. The only thing so that, that confused me is it says featuring the thing, Mr. Fantastic, Human Torch, Invisible Girl, but it says together for the first time in one mighty magazine. Did they have their own things? No. That's what I thought. Okay. Same. So a lot of it too is. That's that's a Stanley thing though. Yeah. Like fake it till you make it kind of thing. So here's, okay. So that's what I wanted to show you in a sense, just to kind of get an idea. Yeah, sure. Because when I was slipping through, I read the, at least the part about the Fantastic Four in here to kind of know where we are. But in doing so, I came across, granted, this is for issue 20. And you can tell it's for a 12 cent fee instead of 10 oh, cents. Oh, yeah, look at that. But this is just a cover. Uh, in the Kirby King comics book, there's a Fantastic Four cover for, I believe, issue 20 so that they didn't use, though. That's just but the it penciling, shows you, right? Yeah. yeah, so it's yeah. it's Kirby's artwork, and it's gone as far as Stan Lee has filled in the cover art. But, like, that's what this would have looked like. That's really cool. For this here. Yeah. So... And when you talk about that, that being a Stan Lee thing, it for sure is because he's yeah. the one going in and writing right, 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 right. the bubbles there. Another thing, just because we've talked about it a little bit, there's got to be one. I should have looked a little bit better to showcase it. You can see in some of Kirby's artwork here we've talked about. I'll have to show you a picture later of where. But he'll have you see these margins uh -huh. over here. Yeah, this he'll all have dirty full and marked notes in and all that stuff. just written yeah. in of like dialogue ideas. So when he would turn these in, he would not only he would have it drawn, speech bubbles are empty. Yeah. He'd have it all laid out. Yeah. And he'd have his own dialogue suggestions over here. That's cool. So I but, love that behind the scenes kind of stuff like that. Exactly. You know, that's just fantastic. So I just loved looking and thinking of like, all right, for some reason they got there, then they scrapped it and went with whatever they did. But it just shows the planning process and all of this. I also loved how the things that they reused over again, they just yeah. cut out and put in there. Well, and, and that is still a thing that happens. Like when you go to these shows, the artists will have those pre-made covers already that say like the Hulk or whatever up top. Uh -huh. And it looks like a comic book, but it's just blank. And so they'll sit there like at a con or something. And they'll sit there and just draw the cover. And then you can buy that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's so that's what it looks like to me. Oh, it's just a sure. blank cover that you just keep using. No, I love uh, just the, all the behind-the-scenes stuff in that, and that's kind of why I really love this book and wanted to bring it. Another thing that we'll get to later just by covering Kirby, Yeah, uh, and I just bring it up because they have it in here when they do it. Eventually, he goes to D.C., um, and there's a lot of stuff that happens to get there. Yes, yeah. but while he's there, one of the things, and we'll cover more uh, once we get to it, is he would draw Superman. And DC was so worried that people would be freaked out by yep. the way his Superman looked, that the artwork he would turn in, they would erase the face and make the in-house really? artist redraw Superman's face. Oh, my gosh. So, see, there's Jack Kirby drawing Superman. Yeah. And there's what was printed. Huh. Every piece of artwork he's he got would turn in. so much, uh, it's so, a uh, bigger brow. Yeah. Like a, he's got a five head there, not a four head. Yeah. But it's like you can just tell in all of this, though, that his look. Mm -hmm. But it is a Jack Kirby face. You even, can tell. Yeah. And even the swoop. He didn't yeah. have the hair swoop that they yeah. had. Yeah. But they erased what he did and yeah. would have. That's uh, crazy. I can't remember who. It wasn't Kurt Swan. I don't remember who the artist was at yeah. the time. Uh, but redraw the face. Yeah. So. Wow. Uh, enough of it. What is thing. this book called? Uh, Kirby King of Comics. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go ahead and get into, I've said, uh, enough, but let's go ahead and get into the fantastic four, at least number one, the one that kicked it off for Marvel comics, probably characters you're familiar with. Uh, what we have here, 
is a group of four people. Uh, Reed Richards, who was Mr. Fantastic and also the kind of leader of the group, if you will. Um, Head scientist. Sue, head scientist. Sue Storm, who is also Reed's fiance. Yeah. Um, she is the invisible oh, girl. Oh, she was just a fiance at the time. Right? Uh, at least in this, she's. Oh, okay. Great. She's just the. Or she's just. She is the invisible girl. Her little brother Johnny Storm, who is the new Human Torch. Oh, cool. We talked about this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah bringing the Human that. Torch back. I remember that. Right yeah, now. yeah. Um, and then last but not least, the Thing, who, funny enough, uh, is very much supposedly supposed to be like Jack Kirby, kind of found himself in the Thing drawing it. Oh, really? Yeah. So. I would think that the thing would be more of a Stanley thing. It just kind of yeah. seems like it's just just a big. They likened him just kind of to like a big tough guy who was you know, just felt like he had yeah. kind of been. I don't want to say wronged in a sense, but was just you know super nice, super love one away, but just kind of gruff exterior. I, there was a that lot was of the things. one thing that like I hate the Fantastic Four movies, the mm-hmm. two that they did. I or actually they've done like six of them or whatever they've yeah, done, yeah. and they're all awful. Yeah, but. The first ones with um, Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis as as the thing that was great casting. Yeah, because sure. he was a good thing. He was a good. So thing. He's got that tough guy, he's a New good York thing. voice. You know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and that's very much like if you hear Kirby talk, like that's very much yeah. he's that. Yeah, he sounds like a like a tough guy from the street. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. stickball. All exactly. That stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, sure. he's his. He's yeah. got a cigar. That's how yeah. he would he yes. would just smoke cigars right. while drawing all the time. And yeah. Uh, in doing all this, I came across some audio of actually where Stan Lee marched the uh, Mary Marvel bullpen to a local recording studio, really? and they recorded like five minutes of them just talking and doing gags to oh send my out gosh. to people who were uh, members of the uh, Marvel, the Mighty Marvel marching system. I don't remember. The yeah, name whatever. Of it. Yeah. Anyway, but it is like you can tell <laughs> that it's jokes that probably Stan has written for everybody. And these are not actors just yeah. saying them all. Yeah. And it is, it's great to hear. But that's really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll pull that up for you. Please do. And, and enjoy it now. Okay, go. Okay. Yeah, you send it to me. I'll put it in there. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, that was great. Yeah. It's kind of, it's going to be very awkward. Uh, the thing that is funny is that they make the joke. Ditko never wanted to be there. Ditko did not like having to deal with the bullpen. He wanted to just, you know, uh, from everything I've seen, kind of draw, turn it in, get my next work, go. Sure. And he was having a lot of problems with Stan of the direction of how he wanted Spider-Man and stuff to do that, too. They were still doing very much where Steve would draw it all, kind of plot it all. And then all Stan would do is go back in and, like, fill out the dialogue. So Ditko felt like it was his character and he was directing where to go. And sure. then uh, Stan Lee would go in and rewrite dialogue to kind of make it different. So they were butting I'm heads sure over that stuff like that. That's where a lot of that came from. But yeah. there's the joke in there where they talk about, oh, where's Steve? And then it's silent for a bit. Uh, oh, there he is out the window. Like they make jokes about him not being there and being quiet. But it's because Steve Ditko didn't want to be there. Yeah. He hated being Yeah, they just hated there. doing it. Yeah, I don't doubt that one bit. Ah, all right. Well, actually, before we dive into the story then of Fantastic Four number one, I think. This will be a perfect time for us to go ahead and take a break. And we're back. Welcome. 
No, I made sure not to say welcome <laughs> on purpose. Anyway, we're back I, here. I want you to understand something. I, I don't mind that. It's not like I'm, and I'm certainly not making fun of it. I just, it just, it, it just intrigues me how, and, and I guess it's because you all work together for a long time. And you just Maybe got just used to saying that. Th- yeah, yeah. I just, it's just funny to me because I hear it every day now, yeah. you know, like by several people. <laughs> That's funny. We're the, yeah, we're the welcome in gang. Yeah. That's too funny. All right. Well, welcome into Fantastic Four issue number one. (laughs) We've talked about our main characters. We will kind of brush over some of this with a uh, wider brush, but it's great to see just where everything started. Um, Essentially, we get a open up of just a giant cloud kind of flare with the Fantastic Four spread across it and a man who has shot the flare from the window as he hides in the shadows mysteriously. Oh. We don't know who he is. Stanley. But obviously, the people are going crazy thinking it might be an alien invasion. I also do love, and this is just personally, at the top of the very first page, they have the block yeah. here with the little like silhouette pictures it's of our four with heroes. with their faces in it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's something. Very classic. Um, we are very, then, very Kirby. Very Kirby. Yeah. We are then very... Very. We are then uh, see and introduced to Sue Storm, who sees the flare and realizes, ah, I must go ahead and answer that flare. And she turns invisible. Okay. Uh, to the point where the guest she was with doesn't know where she is. She's running through well, she's the invisible, sidewalk. Yeah, so it's she's, tough to keep up she's with. She's going through the sidewalk, like trying to get to hail a cab, and yeah. she's bumping into people who are freaking out because they don't know why they're they being They don't bumped. see anything, yeah. She just hops in the car. The, the taxi driver's just driving, not knowing anybody's in there until he stops and she gets out and tries to pay him money and it freaks him out and he drives away. So, yeah. The thing is, she knows she's doing this. Well, apparently not. Huh. Okay. We then go to a men's clothing store with this big kind of brute of a man in yeah. a giant trench coat and hat. Yeah. And the store owner's telling him, I'm sorry, we don't have anything in your size. Like, there's nothing this big. I, re- huh. I really love that the hat, the glasses, and the trench coat stayed for the thing for so long. Yes. Like, even when I was reading it when I was a teenager, like, he still, if he wanted to disguise himself, that's it's what he hat. did. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, and... They see the flare there, and he decides, I got to answer that. So he throws it off, and he goes, he scares the uh, store owner because he's the thing, which the looks just like a giant uh, brick creature. Uh, he goes to try to make it through the doorway. He's got doorway. Some big underpants. He does, just like the Incredible Hulk does. Um, <laughs> he goes and tries to make it through the doorway, but it's too narrow, so he kind of breaks through, not on purpose, but it just scares everybody. Yeah, sure. So the cops are there. They shoot at him. Well, he's a giant man made of rocks. Yeah, I mean, they, should they shoot at him. He's scatter like, a crowd. he was nervous. He missed me with his first shot. I better get out of here before he get, takes a shek- second. Sure. And so he goes, lifts up a manhole, goes underneath into the, I guess, sewer yeah. that's down yeah. there, Yeah. rides the poop water to wherever he thinks he's good, <laughs> and then he's just like, all right, here's good, and he hops up out of the street uh, uh, into Some the way. falling off of yeah, him. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And he just kind of makes a hole for himself to pop up to where the flare was. Right. Then we meet Johnny. Johnny's just working on his hot rod with a buddy of his. Yeah. And Johnny sees the flame himself, and he it realizes. It truly is a hot rod, too. It is. It, yeah, it's like and he's 50s. Like, he he sees oh yeah fifties for sure but he sees the flare and realizes oh the human torch is needed he torches on and flies off towards where the flare is is he the flame on guy 
Isn't that what he says? Doesn't he say flame I on every so. time? He doesn't yeah. say it in here. Oh, okay. Uh, I do love the way they drew the car melting as oh, he yeah. flew. Like, I just love, like, the wiggly and yeah. the fire. Oh, it was just a great picture, though. Um, I like how his oh, – I'm sorry. I like how his friend uh, – I always enjoy it when people will respond with, with an punctuation. Point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the mayor calls the governor. The governor sends in the National Guard. Okay. Even the, you know, the, I guess the Department of Defense. Yeah. Uh, this is 61. I don't know who it would be at this time. CIA, whoever is in uh, charge, yeah. sends planes and stuff after the human torch. Some guy in a dress. He's trying to warn them like, hey, don't get too close. I don't want to hurt you guys. And they don't listen. And he catches the planes on fire that are yeah. after him. Well, but, tried to tell the, you. but they do make sure to say all the pilots are able to parachute to safety. Thank God. Yeah. Then somebody, don't know who, sends a hunter missile after him. But not just a hunter missile, a hunter missile with a, where was it at? Hold on. Uh, it, it also has oh, the, a nuclear warhead on the tip of it, oh, too. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Because sure. that seems like smart thing to do is detonate a nuclear warhead over your city. But what, what year is this? 61. Wow. Okay. Well, just wait. We're going to get to uh, some other science stuff that'll well, be like, oh. I'm just saying, I mean, they, they knew, you know, it's not like this is the 40s. Yeah, or no. what, you know, Like yeah. we saw, yeah. Yeah. 60s, everybody, you know, is teaching kids to get under their desks and stuff. So, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, as the Human Torch is trying to escape this Hunter missile, uh, we see stretchy arms come and grab it and kind of fling the missile off into the water to explode harmlessly was that the first name for mr fantastic stretchy arms stretchy arms yeah, yeah. uh except it's not harmlessly because it probably detonate it says that it detonates it's harmlessly but there is nuclear fallout now all in that water yeah 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 um yeah. god bless the fish but he's also able to save johnny and now all four of them are together at mr fantastic's house as he are blair or fantastic man it's it's the baxter buildings where they meet at now i don't uh, know what it's called back then okay but um, they're all four together because he's the one who shot the flare. We are then now told their backstory. Wait, of Mr. How Fantastic's the one that shot the flare? To get them all to meet. Oh, okay. So we're then given the backstory of Fantastic Four, of how they became so fantastic. Yeah. Right? Essentially, um, space. Richard Reed is a scientist working yeah. on a rocket mission. They're trying to get to the moon, I believe. Yeah. It's something out in space related. Well, this is 61, so yeah. I mean, we I think it might just be space in general. We haven't made it to the moon yet. Yeah, mm. I don't think it's even been because Kennedy said it in what, like 65 or 66, yeah. something like that. And then oh, we, before, we landed well, he in was, 69. He, did you say six? He was, he was dead in 63. Oh, was he? Oh, so he must have said it. Oh, well, maybe this was right after he said it then. Right? He didn't make it through one. T yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So. R.I.P. Um, <laughs> but Reed is the scientist. Ben Grimm, who is the thing, yeah. is our. Great name, by the way. Yes. Is Always been a great our, name. Our uh, test pilot. And then Sue is Reed's. Um, fiance. Fiance. And then Johnny, her brother. They decide it's not ready. Our, uh, there. I'm sorry. Reed is like, we need to go ahead and do this to beat the commies, oh. uh, because that's it was the uh, sure. uh, Cold War. It was a Red Scare back then, right? Yeah. And they talk. Basically, Ben Grimm is always a guy of like, oh, you think I'm scared? All right, I'm gonna do it. So that's where they're like, oh, you're just scared. He's like, no, I'll do it. You're not scared. Anyway. So they sneak onto the base and they just launch themselves into space to beat the commies. 
uh, while they're there, <laughs> they just launch themselves <laughs> into space. Okay, great. Uh, while they're there, they talk about the they didn't know how their bodies would react to the cosmic rays. That is what changes them. While they're out in space, Johnny starts feeling like he's on fire. Yeah. Ben is too heavy. He can't kind of like lift himself up and he sinks to the ground. Sue turns invisible and they think that all, you know, three of them are worse for wear as they've kind of crash landed back on Earth and they see that Sue's invisible. Uh, I, I take that back. Sorry. Johnny feels like he's on fire. Ben's heavy, but they haven't made changes sure. yet. Sue's the first one they see that actually, yeah. oh, something's wrong. She changes invisible. Before we move on to the story, though, Mike, since I did grab the original scan, there's ads in here, <laughs> and there's just something I didn't know existed. That yeah. It's kind of funny to me. And the headline is, will you work Saturday mornings for 5 to 20 extra? Yeah, sure. Dollars? Sure I will. I still will. This spare time shoe business can make big money for you. Spare time shoe business. So it was a door-to-door shoe sale. Yeah, yeah, look at that. Wow, those are some fine shoes. I just didn't know that people would be like, hey, can I talk to you about uh, Mason shoes? I'd like to talk to you about your shoes. Is Is the man of the house home? It's, oh, it's just like having an extra payday every week just for showing friends, relatives, and neighbors how they'll walk on air in Mason Comfort Shoes. Oh. This is a kid's Well, that's a that's what I don't understand. Is like, Are this these is, kids going to try to sell a shoe? Hey, kids, how about a good MLM? Have you ever... <laughs> you know those cleaning products that your mom oh, uses? Oh, man. Anyway. Wow. Wing all, t- wingtips on Saturday morning. <sighs> That's great. Hey, Mrs. Johnson, can I talk to you all about shoes? Well, it's like the it's like the Fuller Brush Man, right? But he's got a he's got a big case full of shoes. Yeah, except what the knives? Uh, Ginsu. Well, no, it was uh, Cutco. Cutco. Cutco's still around, man. Are they really? Those kids still get sucked into Cutco. <sighs> yeah, I had a girl that wanted to work here at one time, and she was like, "Well, I got this Cutco gig," and I was like, "Oh, okay, well, bye." I knew a guy. Uh, I say recently, um, but I mean, like, you know, he's. He's younger than me, so yeah. it had to be yours. But work as a Kirby vacuum salesman. Wow. So that's still a thing. Wow. I don't know about wow. post post COVID, but they show up and like, hey, can I show you how well it vacuums your carpet? Good lord. Remember when they'd have and I'm sure they still do too, pampered chef parties? Oh yeah. They sure they still Well do, my right? mom was Avon, so okay. we got all of that. Yeah. And then I think I remember my grandmother throwing a Tupperware party at one time. Yeah. And then uh, what was the stuff that you put in your house? Uh, the the like butterflies on the wall and shit. Oh yeah, you know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. It was like a uh, home accents or something like that, right? It yes. Was, it was just this catalog that you order all that dumb shit out of, you know, and everybody had those goddamn butterflies. Those on the were wall. the days, weren't they? Oh no, they weren't. <laughs> anyway, back to our story. Now that we're done, shoe salesman. Uh, we do discover that yeah, the Ben has turned into the thing yeah. and Mister Fantastic, and it's and just stretch. cosmic rays. Just cosmic rays. Okay. And, and it's because we didn't know anything about space, yeah, exactly. really. Exactly, so yeah. you could use that. Um, the one thing I do like is they That'd be tough to pull off these days. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so Ben gets mad at Reed, rightfully so, in a way, because he's like, you know, you kind of did this to us. Yeah. And, like, you know, I don't want to hear about us needing to calm down kind of thing. Now I'm a rock, and he, see? Yeah, and he, like, scoops him up and yeah. kind of, like, hugs him down. And in that time, as... Johnny's getting a little bit excited. They find out that when he does is when he kind of flames on. Yeah. And so he kind of. There's something there. Yeah. 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 Um, and so he 
kind of flies around. He figures he can fly. And there's well, a part. Sure, why wouldn't you? Yeah, there's a part where they say minutes later, Johnny Storm's flames subside as he landed. And the other three silently watch as the small fire he had started in the underbrush burns itself out. But that looks like a fl- That looks like a big-ass <laughs> fire, yeah. Um, That's like what Smokey warns us about. Yeah, for sure. Not uh, not that Smokey. The, 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 the bear. The bear, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I do love this this quote in there, though, where Reed's looking at him at the you know, the rest of the group, and he says, Listen to me, all of you. That means you too, Ben. Together we have more power than any human has ever possessed. And Ben cuts him off and goes, You don't have to make a speech, big shot. We understand. We've got to use that power to help mankind, right? Like he's mm-hmm. just like, don't yeah, 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 yeah. I get and you. it's a nice kind of, sure, you know, sure. It's a come together moment. Yeah, yeah but but yeah, it's like, hey, solidify the group. And he's like, yeah, and yeah. he's like, no, we got you. Yeah, yeah. Um. So the one part I do like about that of after it being so cool is then he's like, right, Ben, and then they start sticking hands in, and he's like, I'm calling myself the Human Torch. Like it's only been yeah, thirty yeah, seconds, yeah, and you have names yeah, already. Sure, sure. But it's not like this thing's gonna pass. I'm gonna be this forever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm not gonna go see a doctor. <laughs> That's right. I'm not. I'm not getting any better. So we then get to the second part of our story because our story in, ep- in episode in issue one is told in three acts. Okay. So that is how they became the Fantastic Four. Flash forward back to now while they're all meeting, trench coat glasses and hat. Yeah, sun. love it, classic. Uh, and they see that all of these. This is also a Kirby thing, where like the characters are just one solid color. Well, he you didn't know do the color, but well, what I'm saying, there's no, there's no coloration to it. So you this know? is like, just, I think it's just because it's the four color of like, I don't know, I, don't I can't know. explain. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I've seen more of this where like. The emphasis is put on one thing, and everybody else is just kind of in the background. So here's the thing: it, that like the color specifically, I, I feel awful. He's in the audio that we listened to earlier, yeah. and I can't think of his name right now. But Marvel had like a colorist. Okay. Like what they would do was essentially be like, "Hey, what are the Fantastic Four colors going to be?" And he'd be like, "Well, I saw that Jack did this, this, and this, so I picked this blue with that blue." And like he would go in, oh, wow. and that's what he did, and he purposely oh. picked the colors for stuff. And he talked about how purples work for this and red. Like, there's, I can't what a remember job. what. Yeah. But so, one guy is essentially responsible for the Marvel superheroes being all the colors they are now. You think he got pissed when, like, the registration was off and the color would jump through the lines <laughs> and things? Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but the all of these of atomic plants around the world have just kind of been sucked into the earth. There's that's a problem. That's an yeah. issue. Yeah. And so, that's why they're together. We got to figure out what's going on. We're then taking to, uh, it says, just to show where we're at kind of in history, we're taken to uh, where's oh, halfway around the world in French Africa. French Africa? Yeah. All right. Uh, which I believe it's French, French that, just so. Is that Ghana? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So. Just so that um, Stan could write Sacre Bleu. Uh. As a, <laughs> I could be wrong. But he has that as a quote there. <laughs> Um, but we see another atomic plant just kind of sucked in yeah. and then a giant monster crawl out. And this is why I brought up the monster comics because it is still very much. Yeah, it's very what, much a Godzilla kind of enemy. But it's also in a way a moving forward story wise and kind of, and I'll get to that in a point. Um, but so it, there is very much a lot of the just monster comic fingerprints all over this. For a mole monster, that's a pretty good looking mole monster. That's not the mole monster. Oh, sorry. The mole man. Oh, we're we're getting to a mole man. The mole man. That's not him. No, you'll see the green man. guy's not the mole man. No, he's a monster. Oh, okay. See, there's other like there's a three headed monster. Oh yeah. 
So Hydra. We then get to see where Reed simply tells the rest, or Mr. Fantastic tells the rest of the Fantastic Four that uh, all the seismic activity seems to be connected, and there's a hot spot of where it's all kind of like, you know, it pins my, all my red yarn kind of comes together sure, on the sword sure, sure, point, sure, 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 sure. and it's Monster Isle. Monst- Monster Isle? Monster Island, yeah, Monster okay. Isle. No, so, Monster Island or Monster Isle? Monster Isle, I-S-L-E. Okay. But okay. I mean, technically, isn't it the same? Okay. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it, it isn't that part of the King Kong thing, too? Isn't there a Monster Island? I don't know, but there is. I mean, I know there's Skull Island. Maybe, but, but this is Monster Isle. Okay. All right. So it's just adjacent to Monster yeah. Island. So they yeah. land on Monster Isle where they come across monsters. Huh. What there's do you know? A what a concept. Three, there's this three-headed monster that Mr. Fantastic kind of flings off into the water. Yeah. And then he and Johnny fall into this pit. Uh-huh. And Mr. Fantastic is able to kind of spread himself out and use him as like a parachute. I have to help never him liked heroes that can stretch. I haven't either. But because inevitably you're going to get that panel where the guy turns into a freaking parachute. Yep. And I think that's one of the goofiest <laughs> things. Yeah. Oh, oh, that guy. Yeah. I know, old man. Yeah. Yeah. So he was in my British lit class. <laughs> <laughs> so when they finally land, it's pitch black down there. And when they open, like he's trying to get out, he feels, or Johnny, I say, uh, the human torch can feel like the room around them vibrating. It kind of yep, makes him sure. a little nervous. And he kind of flames on a bit as light hits. And they pass out and they wake up in these giant blue goofy looking suits. But like yeah. they can't really. Yeah see or do anything well they're kind of like uh those rabbit suits that they wear in clean rooms but for some reason the face is open yeah it's weird it is um and so they're like oh we can't see why can't we see it's so blinding and you just hear a voice say the reason you can't see is you were blinded by the glare from the valley of diamonds oh boy look at all those diamonds yeah that's a that is truly a valley of diamonds and as for me I am the mole man. Uh, I don't understand what purpose the glasses serve, but they, it's just a single slit. Yeah. Hey, by the way, you just passed an, uh, oh, and maybe we've done this before, but the grit, grit newspaper. No, we haven't. I I think we've seen grit before. Maybe we have. I don't remember. But about. Uh, that was a door to door thing where kids would sell the newspaper, right? And it's a it was a national, America's uh, greatest family newspaper. Yeah, yeah. Did you know grit still exists? It's still being sold. Do they sold. still make a paper? I, apparently they do. Where do they sell? It's all online, isn't it? Uh, America's Family Newspaper. In the early 90s, Grit Publishing and its newspaper were purchased by Stauffer Communications and eventually moved to Topeka, Kansas. Today, the Grit newspaper is published by Ogden Publications. In Ogden, Kansas? I don't know. Grit Commercial Printing was purchased by a local partnership and today is a family-owned and operated printing business located in Montoursville, Pennsylvania. Oh, they moved. Today, Grit them. continues to build on and deliver the same quality and value to its customers and have come to expect for a 100 years, specializing in the printing and mailing of catalogs, postcards, brochures, posters, annual reports, and magazines. Nice. Yeah, who knew? Our niche is helping metropolitan customers and local customers alike with a high-quality, low-cost, great-service alternative. Oh, well, thank you, Grit. Thanks, Grit. Let's go ahead with the third act of our Fantastic Four story. So, the Mole Man secret. While Johnny and Reed are stuck down in their Valley of Diamonds, <laughs> it's a bad place to be it stuck. Is. Uh, we see Sue, see you. We see Sue and Ben 
uh, together, but there's a monster creeping up behind Sue. Ben yeah. turns into, well, he doesn't turn into, he's stuck as takes the his thing, coat kind off. of. Yeah. Takes his coat off, makes light work of this monster, and they go to try and find Reed and Johnny. Does the thing turn back to Ben? Sometimes. There's Okay. Throughout the but it's not as much as like the Hulk. No. Yeah. It's more of like yeah. it does for a little bit, and you think he has his humanity back yeah. just for it to yeah. fade away, gotcha. and him feeling like, I'm always going to be this I monster. I couldn't remember. Yeah. Oh, there is. I can't remember. It's, which issue is it? Uh, one of the tw- I'll have to go and find it. There is one issue of where it's it's him. It's the thing on the cover, and it's raining on him, and mm. you can tell he's just sad. And it's the thing, the this man, this monster. Oh, it's yeah. a hell of a cover. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, he. Um, they go. I, you know, for for all the shit we give them for the goofiness and all that stuff. Marvel Comics did a really good job of like pathos, like yeah. like you know this introspection kind of thing with all their characters. Well, and a lot of it here is the guys that we're talking about and doing it. Yeah. It's the sure. Jack Kirby. It's the Stanley. Very talented. It's guys. the Steve Dick. Yeah, not and it's just like you pencilers can, and shit. No, it's not. Know? And it's just like yeah. with anything else. If you go back and you look at this, you can see a lot of the people themselves in these characters. Yeah, I think they thought of these as as actual. Like yes, plays, very and, much, and shows well, or whatever. You know, they're 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 in acts, like you say. I mean, very much so. Um, there's another thing. Just hey, because what is her name? One with uh, the giant hair, Medusa. Medusa. Okay, all right. Yeah. That's the Inhumans. I was trying oh, to think. There's for. my Silver Surfer. Yeah, you like that little just sketch there? Love some Silver Surfer. I'll have to show it to you. It might be at the end. Uh, Mobius just was we're my favorite one. The, the one that Mobius did. Yeah. That is good. It might be at the end here. I'll have to find it just because we're talking about the thing to show you all. I have this book here. Because Kirby, and why wouldn't you, would also sketch cards. Oh, yeah. Here's a happy Hanukkah card that he drew <laughs> that he signed, and it's the ah. thing. Oh, it's great. Wow, that is cool. Yeah. Ah, so He's got a little yarmulke on. Yep. Uh, because uh, last night, and this is, this is the truth, last night my buddy and I went to Dallas, uh-huh. and we went to this food court and watched a Beastie Boys cover band, right? Okay. These guys have been. Oh, I have something about Monero. These guys have been doing this for fifteen years. Number one. Okay. Number two. In the middle of it, I turned to my friend and I said, "This is the worst bar mitzvah I've ever been to." (laughs) Right. And then at the very end, when the crowd starts letting out, there's a guy there that has a shirt on that says "Mazel Tov, MFers." Like, (laughs) I was like, "See, I told you, it's the worst bar mitzvah ever." Yeah. Uh, No, there was one I wanted to show real quick about. Oh, there it is, without color. There we go. But oh, it's yeah, just, uh, yeah, look at him just standing in the rain. And it's it's great with color with the blues and the yellows. I love how the rain is like it's Have you ever seen Stan without hair and without his oh, wow. mustache and no. stuff? No. Wow, he looks crazy. Looks like a dictator. Yeah. Huh. So that's younger Stan. Uh, but He looks much better with the mustache and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, he looks a lot younger, obviously. Or obviously, but a, a little bit. Yeah. I don't remember why I said obviously. Yeah, but he had that patented look. You True. Know, well, he kind of had the toupee. Uh, what I was going to show you is... Did he have a toupee? Yeah. You saw oh. he was completely bald oh. there. Oh, oh, that was... He was the bald one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize I'll that. go back. I thought no. he was the other one with the crazy no, that, eyes. No, that's Kirby. Oh, okay. Uh, but... Uh, when we talk about them putting in it, uh, Evan Air points out that this is the only cover that Jack Kirby did, uh-huh. and it's odd how Fantastic Mr. Fantastic, yeah, but it's odd how Mr. Fantastic looks an odd, like a lot like Jack Kirby himself. Like oh, when trying really? to be like he was wow. like okay, 
and like you know i was thinking out. like like he that there's an uncanny resemblance to that superman you showed me earlier too there is a like lot the there. same face he has he has a lot of the faces yeah his style you yeah. know let me bring back he also did that cover oh the the, the first spider-man amazing one. fantasy spider-man yeah. yeah uh but where was that stanley stanley who did the the action comics with superman lifting up the car that original the one. first one yeah. it's uh 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 simon and schuster Simon and Schuster, really? Yeah, like the publishing. People? No, it's Joel. It's uh, I'm gonna get first names wrong. I'll look it up here in a second. That's fine. Joe That's Simon, Joel Schuster. Uh, oh, Joel. Uh, yeah, I think you're right with the Joel part. Yeah, it's Sh- Sh- Simon and Schuster. I'll look huh. it up. I always know. There you go. I had to find it again. There. Yeah, Stan's the bald one there. Oh wow. Yeah. Now I see it. Huh. Yeah. Jack Kirby looks nuts. Well, he looks like Ricky Ricardo. <laughs> He's just having a fun time. He just has the dark eyes, the little yeah. 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 Uh, anyway, sorry. Back to, uh, back to. I love that man. Uh, back Kirby? to yeah. Yeah. Uh, back to the Fantastic Four though. Mole Man. Uh, we're seen with Johnny and Reed, and he tells them essentially big ass slit. Classes. Every everybody was mean to me. Like they were yeah. telling me, why would I go on a date with you? You're qualified, but you would scare the other. We well, freaking employees. Mole. <laughs> yeah, is that your face really? Are you wearing a mat? Like, they're just all oh, wow. assholes to Yeesh. him, right? So Poor he's guy. like, forget it. I've heard about this. There's got to be this, you know, uh, civilization in the middle that lives in the middle of the earth. I'm just going to go be. find it. Sure. He's like, I've heard about it. I'm going to go find it. Yeah. And I'll just, you know, roll over that then. I'll live with those people. Once in I the hit process. the Valley of Diamonds, I'll take a right. And then, yeah. yeah but up then, in Albuquerque. But then, even on his travels, he's like, man, just me being alone is so much better than having to deal with those, you know, people being mean to me. I would imagine. To where he finally comes across the entrance there on Monster Isle, where he's like, this is what I was looking for. And his excitement, it causes a bit of an earthquake and it causes him to tumble down and hurt himself and ruin his vision while he lands. His excitement causes an earthquake. It says here, I soon saw where it led. It led to the land of my dreams. Down there below, I found it. It's it's Earth Center. And goes, but in the dread silence of that huge cavern, the sudden shock of my loud outcry caused a violent avalanche. Oh. And when it was all over, I had oh. somehow miraculously that survived the fall. Sense. But due to the impact of the crash, I had lost most of my sight. Yes, I had found the center of the Earth, but I was stranded here like a human mole. That's kind of like uh, the the Twilight Zone with, with the Burgess books. Meredith. Yeah. Yes, that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite yeah. ones. And, I, and he yeah. breaks his glasses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, Mole Man then goes to show him like, "Hey, I'm better than you guys too." Try to attack me, and he gives I think Reed a stick to like they're gonna you know hit yeah sticks at each other. <laughs> <laughs> stick fight. Yeah. Um, Mole Man kind of best him because he's done nothing but train himself like a bat and like a mole like to well, use. Well, sure. You know, yeah, he doesn't have to see him. Yeah, I'm sure Reed is is you know uh, uh, basing everything on his sight. Exactly, and so that's what they go of. Well, Sue and uh, Ben finally arrive, and he throws off the jacket to go after Mole Man, and Johnny decides to just straight up burn through his suit. Don't know why I didn't think about that till mm. you know a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, as the giant green monster from before appears to try to you know get rid of them forever. I would like so, for somebody to explain the Human Torch's suit to me at some time. Because I don't understand how, like, I, I get that at some point he gets this flame retardant suit, you know, yeah. but 
how do his flames come through it? And it's still, you know what I mean? I, I don't yeah. get that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so all the monsters are starting to crawl out of this hole in the center of the layer that they're out. As the you mole know you've effed up if you got a big hole in the center of the earth like, and there's monsters, and monsters coming out, out of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's very cabin in the woodsy. Yeah, and, uh, oh, great movie. And um, mole man is trying to just have his monsters take them all out, but instead Reed grabs mole man and they start running as the human torch kind of uses his flames to heat what they call the soft earth around it to create uh, another kind of landslide yeah, yeah, yeah. and gets an avalanche going. Trying to fill the hole. As they all kind of get out in time before the avalanche closes everything shut and traps all the monsters inside of Monster Isle. Okay. As they get on their plane and they kind of head back to Central City, which is where they're located right now. Central City. Yeah. And a job well done. Beautiful this time It is here. also very fitting in a way for this to be the first kind of superhero comic like this. And then moving from the monster comics into superhero stuff for it to end with a, with a bunch of here's monsters. a landslide, yeah. Yeah. y'all are done. And yeah. it very much does so because from this point forward, you'll still see some creature stuff here and there. But it is Mostly Marvel Comics yeah, superheroes. Yeah. Now, you, you did pass another ad there where oh, you can draw the character. Oh, anymore. the other one. Yeah, you can draw the guy and send it in, and they'll they'll tell you how talented you are. Yeah, I did that one time. Oh yeah, not oh. that guy. I think it was a bear. Or Were something. you talented? Uh, I don't think I ever got an answer. Oh, well, yeah. that's kind of a bummer. It used to be like there was a pirate and a bear. I remember the pirate one. Yeah, there were several, like three different things you could draw. You know, pick the one you want to draw, draw it, send it in to us. It was basically just a front for some, you know. Uh, art school yeah yeah yeah. You know, and that's why contest prize 495 yeah. dollars scholarship in yeah. commercial art yeah yeah so yeah, um, whatever i wonder if anybody learned actually radio television electronics i wonder if anybody actually got like a good job out of doing that like drawing um, the head and sending here's another head. one if you know just 20 people oh you can God, make at least the mlms 50. it's selling christmas cards yeah um, okay, so I did that at one time you as a Christmas kid. Christmas cards. Yeah, yeah, Christmas cards and wrapping paper. There's another yeah. drawing skull in the back. Yeah, well. There you go. That is fantastic for, though. That is super cool, though. Like, like it's, it is, uh, it's cool to see the origins of this kind of stuff. And how you don't need super detailed drawings to make them um, effective. No. Because I wouldn't say that Jack Kirby's stuff is super detailed. Some of his stuff can be. Really? This stuff is not. Here's like it all depends. Once he gets into space, the my thing goodness. would be hard to draw. Oh yeah. Just well, just all the, the freaking rocks. But like, oh, well, I don't know if we've talked about it before. It might have this in here. You're familiar with the movie Argo, aren't you? I am. I'm sure we've probably talked about this. So you know that when they went over there, they were talking. They made up the movie they were filming. Right. And that the art that they used was instead for a, like an attract, like a theme park they were gonna build. Mm -hmm. That's where all the statue ideas, stuff like that, came from. Was some kind of like Six Flags esque right. theme park based off sci-fi books that they were gonna do somewhere in California. The uh, art that they used, that they showed those people of like, hey, this is what yeah. we're using. That the convincing like prop pieces right, and stuff right, like right, that. Right, right. It was concept art drawn by Jack Kirby for oh, wow. the yeah huh. for the um, theme park. Oh wow! Um, so I'm trying to find That's something cool. a little more. Yeah, once we get to well, did he he 
he was the first one to draw Silver Surfer and Galacticus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, Those wow. are Kirby's. Uh, I'm that. trying to once we get to that lady didn't have a shirt on. Big Barda, yeah. Once we get to the space, Big stuff, Barda is she the one that uh, was the guy was trying to get to cheat with Superman? Yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. Cool. That's a Kirby creation yeah. too. Wow. And then Mr. Miracle, we're getting to Mr. Miracle. Oh, Mr. we've Miracle. seen this yeah. before. I don't know if you remember this. From do you remember us uh, going over Commandy? Yeah, yeah, I do. So yeah, it's a kid in the raft, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So there's Commandy. Commandy. Man, goofy stuff. Yeah, uh, Eternals. Yeah, there's Eternals. Wow, that's pretty detailed. Yeah, that's so. This is the stuff I'm trying to get. Yeah. Once he gets to the space stuff, yeah, I can see that. Devil dinosaur. Uh, where is this at? Let's see. Like even like you go back a couple of pages there. That that pencil drawing. Keep going. Ah. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, what does that say? Crusher. Crusher. You see, like it's not super detailed, but you get no. everything you need out of it. Yeah, you know, for I sure. Mean, it's, yeah. Well, it's you know what else? We and I think we've talked about it. Oh, I like shoot. those pieces is what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, that's the classic yeah. like space war Marvel. He has thing. tons of yeah. stuff like that, and that's what even that Odin one. Oh, man, where are these? Of course, when you want to try to find right. them, you can't. Um. Anyway, but I yeah, get it. Yeah. The, the sure. bigger space ones where he's like that. Uh, you brought up. Dang it, you said something else, and I forgot what it was going to be. Anyway, right. there we go. So sure, I'll bring it up again. I'm sure. Um, so what we'll <laughs> I'm do. I'm sure. I don't know. Yeah, you just talk it. all the time. Shut no, up. No, I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what we'll get into then next week is we'll get back into the story behind things. Uh, yeah, from great. here, I want to look at how we get to, because eventually we're going to get to Mr. Miracle. Um, the current Mr. Miracle with Tom King and Mitch Gerards, uh, which I'm looking forward to covering or I say current, it's from 2017. Um, but there's so much kind of in there of the backstory, and it's just an interesting backstory in its way. Uh, but I think we'll talk about what led to Jack Kirby leaving Marvel and the tension there more, because it is a lot over just the credit. When you turn in something, or at least in Kirby's uh, uh, opinion, when he would turn in something that he felt he had drawn and he had plotted and he had paced, and he even had written like dialogue suggestions in the margins there and turned yeah. it in. Yeah. And all Stan was doing was writing the dialogue or even yeah. he felt probably just copying the dialogue that he had sure. there and being called a writer and getting the pay for writer yeah. while Kirby wasn't. Yeah. It created a lot of hostility amongst you know well, things just, there. Just think how closely these guys had to work together all the time too, yeah. you know. Well, it's just it's 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 just like any other relationship. That's the thing yeah. that you look at it here. And it's not like me in doing all this as I'm trying to paint Stanley is a bad guy because I don't think he was. He was uh, just the way he was kind of treated at Marvel too. There at times too, just nobody was in the right. right but it's I just a very it. sure. interesting story sure. to look at. Well, it's the same kind of story. Like if you go over to Disney and you talk about oh, their original sure. artists and all that stuff. For sure. Yeah, it's it's a lot of that stuff. Don Bluth, all yes. that stuff. Yeah, but it's yeah. just very interesting to cover. So we'll look at that, and then also taking Kirby to DC where when he gets to DC, he takes actual shots at right. Stan in Mr. Miracle itself. So uh, there'll be some things we get to uh, before we kind of just cover the end of his career. And by the eighties, he's out of comics completely. He's doing animation. That's what Jack Kirby did up until he died was you remember like uh, we've talked about uh, Thundar or the barbarian. What was it? Thundar? He did character design and stuff really? like that. Centurion, like all the like Hanna-Barbera stuff in the oh, 80s and things like he that. Did Thundar? He did. Yeah, Thundar he did character design. The barbarian. 
He did character design yeah. and uh, and his uh, stuff what, like that. What they him. call him? Uh, Akla the Mook. Is that the was one? Was his sidekick the, the cat like the, thing? His, his hairy sidekick. What were the glowy two? You know, know what I'm talking that. about. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there was a there was a, a barbarian girl like yeah, that carried a big name. axe or something. Or a lot of see when Cartoon Network. I watched Network, all of the all of that. Gundar though. When Cartoon Network first kicked off in the 90s, when yeah. I was a kid and watched it, that's what they had a lot of was like the oh, 80s yeah. Hanna sure. Barbera sure. stuff. So I'd watch that. And some of that's really garbage. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, and even some of the older stuff that was still in there, like the Space Ghost, the original Space yeah. Ghost, yeah. things like that. Uh, but Space Ghost. Which Alex Toth, another fantastic artist with that stuff too. But, hey, uh, um, if anybody's interested in making an extra five to twenty dollars on the Saturday mornings, uh, uh, write to us because Mr. Ned Mason is looking for you to uh, uh, send you a free selling outfit. You don't have to invest a cent. Not a cent. Not a cent. They're just going to send me shoes for yeah. free. Well, they're going to send you shoes, but uh, not for free. Well, the problem is like some of these shoes. See, they already come with feet in them. Oh, that's a problem. How do you get them without feet? Well, though? you, you got to pay a little extra. How much extra? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and then the guy on the back is uh, Mr. Albert Dorn. Oh. He is. Uh, he's. It says up here he's probably the greatest money maker in history of commercial art. Not for sure though. Probably it Just says prob- that way they're covering their bases. We right? think he maybe is, but we don't know for sure. So he's, sure. Well, he's he looking probably. for people. He's looking for people who love to draw. Or who like to draw. He's going to turn you into love to draw. He just wants like... Okay, I got it. At this him. time, 1961, these are America's 12 most famous artists. Okay. There's a list here. Peter Hellick. Who's don't that? Know. Okay. Don't know. George Gibbs. Don't know. Uh, Stephen Donahoe. Well, Don- excuse you? Do- Dohano? I don't know. Donahue? Al- no. Okay. Al Parker. Jen Whitcomb. Fred L- Ludikins. Ben Stahl, uh, which I feel like I've heard that name before. Yeah, Uh, Robert Fawcett, Austin Briggs, Harold von Schmidt, Harold von Schmidt, Uh, Albert, and then and then my favorite thing is is also has Norman Rockwell, and then the last name Norman's (laughs) eleven. Man, I thought he was better than the last name on the list of America's twelve most famous artists is Albert Dorn, the guy in the ad. Like, (laughs) so you know what that means? Yeah, is that they were like, if it if he would have been eleventh, it would have been the top eleven. If he were fourteenth, well, to their credit, I mean, they do have Norman Rockwell on top there. They also I I saved that don't have it in any order, so you know he was probably number twelve. Sure, sure. They're like. Oh, right. Rockwell was okay. Albert, think of think of eleven artists, and then we'll put you at the end of the list. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "How many people are better than you?" <laughs> this is probably not even a real guy. Like he probably never even really existed. Some <laughs> dude just made just him true. up. Yeah. <laughs> made uh, Al, uh, uh, Albert uh, Dorn. Yeah, that's it. Let's I go with that. I'm gonna Google this. Though. What if we Albert Dorn? Have... Well, he's looking for people who like to draw. Look at him. He looks. He looks like he's got some trauma on his face. It's. I think it's just the way he was. Yeah. He's, oh, he's secretly dude. the thing. Hold on. There he is. Oh, look at Albert Dorn. Huh. Who knew? Yeah. That is not a great drawing on the wall either. No. That he's standing <laughs> next to. That well, that's why he's 12. He's <laughs> one of the 12 greatest artists. Yeah. I don't think that's a actual. Right under Harold von Schmidt. Uh, oh, wow. He only died. Wow. He, he only died. Four years later. Really? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, he didn't find anybody who liked to draw. <laughs> he died of sorrow and broken heart. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. That was wrong. 
applications, simply mail coupon. It might be your first step to an exciting, well-paid career in art. Hold Nobody on. ever said. In 64, it was endowed. I don't know what that means. He was endowed? No. In 64? <laughs> oh, God bless him. That's his great. His art, the Department of Art endowed his professorship in drawing. Uh, okay. What does it mean? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. The only endowed I know uh, is not the Oh, one you're oh, here about. you go. Dorn was president of the United Oh, in 1961, yeah. he helped the famous photographer school and famous writer school based on similar principles. All three schools were based in Westport, Connecticut. And by 1963, he boasted more than 50,000 students in the US and 54 Holy foreign countries crap. with a gross income of $10 million. Holy shnikes. At the bottom of this, it says he is accredited That's by by the Accrediting Commission of the National Home Study Council. Okay. That's a lot of words will, that mean nothing. Well, here, I will say something, though. It does say Dorn influenced the work of many artists, including John Buscema. Mm. And John Buscema is another classic comic yeah, yeah, book yeah. artist. I, I know that name. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, Avengers, Conan... The barbarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where I know stuff. him from. Is Conan. He, after yeah. Kirby, he did stuff on. I'm pretty sure he took over Fantastic Four. Like, oh, he's really? done a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know, Albert Dorn is not surprised by the success of his students. <laughs> it doesn't surprise him. He's shocked though. He says the art field is growing. We keep getting calls from all over the country asking us for practical, well-trained students who can step into full-time or part-time art jobs. Ooh. Okay, hold on. I just came across a picture that. That's the same thing as me. being like a barista. I don't know why, and I know that's just me, but I think it's the eyebrows. Oh yeah, no, those those eyes are gross. That is, well, that's those are the darkest eyes I've ever seen. I just think it's the that man saying some bushy. stuff. Yeah. Hey, I wanna I, I wanna pimp a movie real quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that. Mm-mm. No, he's standing right next to us. He's sitting right next to his <laughs> look dog. Look at the look on his face. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like I've got a secret. All the peanut butter's gone. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what's the movie? So I watched this movie the other night, and this has nothing to do with comics. But uh, every once in a while, I come across something that sticks with me. The last one that stuck with me, as far as movies goes, was Blair Witch, and that was the original many one? years ago. Yeah, but that's uh-huh. the last one that I can remember, like coming home and keeping my eyes open in the shower, you know, because I'm afraid that something's gonna pop out of the dark at me. Okay, right. So that kind of stuff stuck with me. And every once in a while, I get this fleeting, like, oh, shit, I hope nothing's under the bed. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I think everybody does. They all have kind of those thoughts every once in a while. Oh, yeah, Bump sure. in the night kind of for thing, sure. right? But normally, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm I'm up at night a lot. I don't think about sounds and all that stuff. However, I watched this movie the other night. Uh, my wife was in the other room. She's, she's going through her doctorate program, and so she does a lot of schoolwork and stuff. Um, she was in there doing her schoolwork, and uh, I watched a movie called Skinamarink. Okay. Skinamarink. Um, is it going to freak me out? It's billed as a horror movie, and it is it is unlike anything I've ever seen. Uh, every time I think that I've seen all of it, and it's all rehashed, and it's all, you know what I mean? Um, then something like this comes along, and it's... I don't. I'm not saying it scared me, but I had to pause the movie like three times because I was getting creeped out. Like I'm a 54 year old man sitting in a well lit living room watching this thing, and I'm like, "Ugh, that's." I don't ugh. like that. So is it like gory? And no, like- not at all. Uh, it's basically all from inside the mind of a four year old kid. 
and his sister who are in this house um, with like no adults kind of thing and, and ends up with like this entity talking to him. Um, but here's, here's the thing that's so odd about it. The way it's shot, number one, it, everything's grainy. It has like a grainy filter over everything, right? So it's almost like you don't know if it's home movie footage or if it's in somebody's brain or something. I don't yeah. know. There is one comment made at the beginning of the movie where you're like, oh, well, maybe this is all in his head because of what happened. Mm -hmm. um, you never see any, any people, really. Um, the shots are like, oh, I'm going to shoot that corner of the room. And then I hear all the dialogue going on. Or then I'm going to shoot the floor over here and you hear stuff going on. Or I'm going to shoot the floor here with all these Legos and then one of them will move or something while stuff's going on. Never, well, there's two times you see somebody's face. And both times it's, it's frightening. Okay. Every other time it's like you see the kid from the back or you just see their feet or you just see the couch they're sitting on or the so cartoon they're is watching. It's just like a messed up uh something happens with the sister and then if you put it all together it's like okay um and i i don't normally like movies where i have to look it up at the end to see what the hell i just watched you know yeah. but this one for some reason stuck with me and and my friend watched it and he was like that bullshit or whatever you know and but for me it, it just hit the right way and um the sister ends up with no eyes and no mouth at one point and then you see the mother and father, but you never see their face. Like they're sitting in the dark on the side of the bed. And then the father tells him to look under the bed. And so I'm like, oh, shit, here it comes. You know, something's going to pop out at me. But then something else happens. And then the father's gone and just the mother's there. It, And then at the end, there's this face talking to him. And it's very grainy. And it's almost like. You know that thing that humans have where we can see a face on things? Like we can make up a face on a yeah, building yeah. or whatever, right? It feels like that. And the kid asks the thing its name several times, and it never tells him. And you, you're just left feeling like um, th this poor kid. I, I, don't, I don't know exactly what happened to this kid. Um, the thing tells him to stick a knife in his eye at one time. And then that happens. It's it's a it's a freaky ass movie that I've never seen anything like. So I'm just saying, if anybody's listening still and they give a shit about anything, um, watch this and and you know come to your own conclusion. But um, it is unlike anything you've ever seen. All right. Yeah. Okay. Good, bad, or indifferent. It. It's unlike anything. All right. Yeah. I might have to give it a shot then. Yeah, you should. Um, watch it with the lights on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I don't watch anything without. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to anyway, be it for you us. There you go. Hey, go. comic My, books. Hey, comic books. and might give you a movie review, <laughs> a movie too. Review, uh, that's right. right in time for spooky season. That's true. I didn't yeah. think about that. There yeah. you go. I'm uh, going as uh, uh, a uh, uh, beat cop oh, really? this year. No. Do you I, have I a boombox with you? I was trying to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could be a drop. I'm the drop a beat cop. I'm Boom. Dancing. Hey, by the way, those guys that were the, the Beastie Boys uh, cover band last night, mm -hmm. they're all like 60. I mean, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, the remaining a, well, the remaining members oh, I of know. the Beastie Boys yeah. are too. But these guys, they all had these hats on. One of them said Mike D. One of them said uh, so Ad you knew Rock. So you'd know who was who. And then the weirdest part of this whole concert was it, I that it was I, a bar mitzvah. I put concert in quotes, right? Because you're just you're doing somebody else's shit. But um, the weirdest was when a, a big white guy came out and played Bismarcky. That was a little weird. I thought, you can't really do that. Yeah. Did he just do a Bismarcky Yo, song? You got what I need. All of that. Yeah. Why? I don't know. It was weird. It was like right in the middle of it. It was like, oh, here's a break. Here's a white guy singing Bismarcky. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was weird. It's a it's a very affluent part of Dallas that we were in. Uh, so like Yves St. Laurent uh, uh, stores and coach and those kind of things all around gotcha oh boy there was like a million freaking people there it was it was crazy huh. anyway yeah there you go all right there you go my well, nights are full of excitement it sounds like it <laughs> all right that does it for us this week uh thank you as always for taking the time out to listen and until next week stay safe everybody golly time Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes, gonna tell you about This has been a Rogue Media Network 